Safety Net Studio presents. Followed sometimes, even though there's no one else in the house. I guess if I need to help them. Welcome to Ask a Medium. Here's intuitive medium and occult specialist, Rachel Stiles. Welcome to my podcast called Ask a Medium. I'm your host, Rachel Stiles, intuitive medium and occult specialist. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to my listeners in McGregor, Manitoba and Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for listening, guys. I also wanted to share with you guys, I'm so excited that not the next podcast, but the one after that, I have a special guest coming into the studio. I have Lisa Scrivens, who is one of the top mediums across Canada. She's absolutely phenomenal at what she does at her skill level. I'm so excited to have her in and I'd like to open up the message line to you guys. If you have any questions for Lisa about being a medium, intuitive development, she does teach classes on mediumship or perhaps she may be willing to give some messages. So our line to call in is 204-417-4569. That's 204 204- 417 glow. If you have any questions for Lisa, please start calling the hotline. Hotline. Oh my God, that sounds like a dating site from the 90s. That's terrible. <laughs> Call my free message line and we would love to hear what you have to ask her and your message can be played on air. So jumping into things, let's just take our first caller. Hi, Rachel. I love your podcast. Thanks so much for, for doing it. It's just so great. Uh, my partner and I, we just bought a new home. It's a really old home, over 100 years old. We're really excited about moving there, um, and we just, uh, yeah, we love it. It feels like it really has a good energy. Um, I'm just wondering, though, if there's anything that we can do when we move in um, to maybe, like, bless the house or, um, you know, kind of to, like, welcome ourselves in there, uh, you know, introduce ourselves to maybe the spirits that are living there, um, if there are any. Um, Yeah, just wondering what you might suggest for new homeowners and wanting to kind of set the... Uh, good energies and intentions in the new home. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. That must be amazing and something wonderful for you to look forward to. What I would do if I moved into a new home is I go into the home by myself and I just kind of put my hands on the floor or the walls, whatever you want to do, and I introduce myself. I introduce myself to the house. I always consider homes, especially when they're 100 years old, to be their own entity, right? And I let them know that it's my intention to bring love and happiness into this home and to restore it back to its original version or its perfect self, if that is your intentions. And what I like to do is I like to remove all the residual energy from the people that have lived there previously. So there's a couple different ways you can do that. The simplest way is to use salt. In witchcraft, salt holds vibration. It holds intention. You can simply take some salt, hold it in your hands, set some intentions, speak from the heart, maybe say a prayer of protection or a prayer of blessing, and then you just throw the salt into some water and you go through the whole home and you wash everything with this water. So you wash the floors, you wash the walls, you wash the banisters, you wash the doorknobs, just give everything a quick sort of wipe or once over. And what that does is it removes the residual energy. And for those of you listening who don't know what residual energy is, it would just be like if there was a couple that lived in a studio apartment that fought all the time. It would leave this negative imprint in the walls. And if anyone else walked into that room, they might get a bad feeling. So it's a great way to remove the residual energy from the people living there. 
You could also smudge and use sage to do that or Palo Santo. Palo Santo is a South American wood. Those things are readily available. One other thing that you could do is also go into the yard and give offerings to the land. So some people will share some of their food or pour some wine or some water into the ground and say, thank you for allowing us to live here. They might plant a plant or something like this or a tree or something as an offering. Different cultures and beliefs respect different things. The primary thing that you want to focus on is you just, you want to do what resonates with you the most. So I'm mentioning different things from different cultures, but it has to make sense to you. It has to resonate with you. And that's what's going to have the most power. When you're giving those offerings to the land, essentially what you're doing is if there's any spirits that are attached to the land prior to that home being there. So this can be elementals. If you're living on a house with a hundred years of genocide, it'd be a good idea to, to give some offerings just to sort of make peace with the spirits that are there. So congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Do you have a question about the afterlife, the occult, or are you experiencing things regarding the paranormal? Call Rachel today at 204-417-4569. That's 204-417-GLOW. Hi there, Rachel. I've been listening to your podcast since you started up with Safety Nets, and it's awesome. I absolutely love it. Um, I really appreciate your your advice and the insight that you give. Um, yeah, I think it's just fantastic. And thanks a lot for doing it. Uh, my question, I guess, is, pertains to my love life or my relationship. Um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if there's any sort of guidance that the spirits are, are offering up at this point. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you so much for calling and your kind words. And I really like your voice. <laughs> I'm just tuning into your relationship here to see what I pick up. Um, I'm not quite sure if you said that you were in one or just questionable about relationship or relationships. However, I do feel that there is a woman in and around you at this time, okay, that I want to speak of specifically. Frankly, and I'm just going to speak honestly, you sound bored. I don't know if you're bored of that relationship. I, I, I feel like you have this perception of something bad happening in the future, something that has to do with negative patterns and behaviors. So I don't know if you think that there might be cheating or that something bad's going to happen, just like it, it feels bleak, like you don't feel optimistic about the future of this relationship at this time. What I'm picking up is that uh, the woman that you might be currently involved with, that you do admire her and you are willing to work on things and try to invoke new passion into the relationship at this time. And I believe that's supported by spirit. You guys do have great romance and a, an emotional connection, but I feel like you're kind of, you have these judgments and I think you're just making decisions based on fear. I also feel like she doesn't trust or she may not trust you specifically, or she may not trust men in general. So she has a hard time opening up that divine feminine power. And and I feel like you're trying to help her empower herself, okay? But it just feels like there's more energy going out than coming in, um, and you're just not sure if it's going to work. What I get from her, she feels in the relationship that maybe there may have been more bad things than good things, and so she feels a little bit depressed or disheartened, and that's the energy that she brings into the relationship. However, she would like it to succeed. I don't know if she has some issues with your job or something like that. There's something about your job. 
or your health, physical health, mental, emotional health, your job, something like this. And that's what kind of um, weighs on her. She does feel like she's meant to know you, but she also feels like it's a little bit of an endurance to be with you. You're kind of an intense guy. So when you're happy, you're really, really happy. When you're mad, you're really mad. Those intensities are kind of wearing on her. So yeah, you could be easily frustrated or you like things done really fast. If they're not done fast enough, you kind of get annoyed, this sort of thing. I do feel like you're kind of meant to know her though. I don't want you to give up on this just yet. Sometimes in relationships, in order for us to have success with them, we kind of need to go within ourselves. Often in this culture, we seek out other people, places, and things to make us feel better. And I don't know that this relationship will last the test of time, but I do feel like this is where you're supposed to be at this time. She feels committed to you, so she would like this to be a committed relationship. However, there's some changes that she would like to be made. So just kind of hang in there, you know, just kind of hang in there, work on yourself. And if you put in all your love and all your effort, then at least you can say that, you know, I really tried to make this work and things just aren't getting better. So if things have been kind of flat for you guys or, or not exciting, you always have the potential to change whatever you want at any time. That potential is there. Hi, Rachel. I love your show. I just have questions for you. So the other day, it was probably about 10 o'clock, everybody had gone to bed. And I came downstairs, and I got this intense smell of as if someone had just lit a match. And it lingered for a little bit. And then it kind of went away. I didn't feel unsafe or anything, but just wondering what that could have been. Also, I have another question about this dream I had recently. It was about giving birth to a baby. Um, it was very vivid. I felt everything. Um, and I'm just wondering what that could be about. I'm not planning on having kids. I've had my children. I'm done with that. I'm just curious if there's anything I need to know about. Anyways, love your show. Bye. Okay, thank you so much for calling. I'm just looking at my producer because I'm going to borrow his brain. Is When you light a match, is that like sulfur? Is that what that is? Like, is it actually sulfur? Okay. Um, cause sulfur in witchcraft to me, he's giving me a nod. That means it must be true. <laughs> in witchcraft, sulfur can represent two things. If you have that smell, it can represent like a heavier entity or it can also be used as protection. It's kind of hard for me to discern whether there may have been an entity in your home that carries that heavier vibration, or if it was a loved one, just sort of offering you protective energies at this time. The best thing I could suggest to you is to just sit with yourself and recall emotionally how you felt. Were you alarmed by this? Did you feel upset? Was anyone else in the home on that day acting out or did things feel a little bit imbalanced? If that's the case, you may have something heavier there. And just because you have something heavier, it doesn't mean that it's there all the time. It could show up once and leave. So you'd have to pay attention if there's any other metaphysical things going on in the home and sort of take an inventory. Like I mentioned, it could be a loved one offering some sort of protection to you, letting you know that they're in and around you. In regards to the dream that you had about having a baby, to me, that's very exciting. It can mean a couple of things. It could mean the birth of a new idea or concept. So it could be like the birth of a new job, the birth of a new home, a new chapter in your life, something to be excited about as long as everything went well in the birth. 
You can also pay attention to other things like were you fearful while this was happening? There's other indicators in regards to how you were feeling about it that could lend to maybe you you should be changing your job, but you're afraid, you know, this sort of thing. I also feel like there's something really important about birth and the womb, the woman's womb. So it could be talking about you having an empowerment or do some healing. A lot of women have a tendency in this culture to store fear and pain in their womb or their sacral chakra. So you might need to do some cleansing, but all in all, I think it's a really positive thing. I think there's new things coming for you, new thoughts and ideas being birthed and an empowerment. So I'm very excited for you. I'm ready for my favorite part of the show. Let's do today's daily tarot card pull. Today I have the, ooh, the world. Um, The world, the major arcana card of the world basically represents creating enough balance in your life to bring a plethora of opportunities thrust upon you, okay? If you're listening to this podcast and you don't feel like you have a ton of opportunities happening in your life right now, change your thoughts, change the way you speak to yourself. Be like, opportunities are happening now. Doors are opening all around me and all I need to do is walk through them. This is guaranteeing you that if you feel stuck, if you feel stuck in your job, if you feel stuck in your relationship, if you feel stuck in your health, you do have the power inside you all along to shift and change that at any time. You simply have to believe it and open your eyes and wake up and grab the opportunities that are all around you. Uh, Hi, Rachel. Um, I have a question about my career. Um, I think my um, dream job is going to be coming up soon with an open position. And I'm just wondering um, if you see that happening in the next month or maybe in the next six months or the next year. Um, Also, I'm wondering how the uh, interview process will go for me, if it's going to be really difficult or it's not going to be too bad. Also wondering um, what you see if I actually do get the job, um, if I'm going to love it as much as I think I will, even with all the traveling. Um, thanks a lot. Can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for calling. I'm just uh, tuning into what I'm picking up about your question in regards to your job. Honestly, I feel like there's a lot of competition for the job that you're going for. I don't know that it will necessarily be available to you. Okay. I know that might feel or sound disappointing. However, I do feel that sometime in August, you will be fulfilling hopes and dreams in regards to career. So it's possible that it could be through this job. If not, you will be rewarded with some other type of job. I know for me, there's been times in my life where I wanted something and I just, I wanted it so bad. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's for me. And spirit was like, nope. (laughs) When I look back now, I'm really grateful for that because there was really better opportunities around me and I just couldn't see them at the time. So regardless of the situation, I do feel like this is going to be very, very stressful. You're going to be having a hard time staying asleep or falling asleep through that interview process. Okay. It shows that there is lots of competition for the job. The best thing that you can do is to just try and be relaxed, be yourself, not attach yourself to the outcome, just manifest, say, You know, you can say things to yourself like, my dream job is coming to me this year. I can feel it. Things are happening for me. Speak positively and kindly to yourself. And what will happen is you will manifest the job that you're looking for. It may not be the job you think it should be, 
but things are going to work out. So I do feel a significant change happening in around work in the month of August. Love the podcast. I was just wondering how you are able to predict an age of death. I remember Candace mentioning, um, I think last year in her podcast, that you mentioned the age where she'd unfortunately be passing on. So I was wondering how that works. And yeah, hope you have a good rest of the day. Thanks. Well, to be honest with you, I, I can't really predict the age of people's death. I've asked spirit before, like I've asked them about the death of my loved ones, or sometimes I see clients that want to know when someone will die. And it's really this kind of random answers. Sometimes they will tell me, sometimes they won't tell me. If I'm not getting information on it, it's because we're probably not supposed to know. It's not always a really good thing to know exactly, you know, when you're going to die. I do get it sometimes, and so it's not something, unfortunately, that I can control or predict, but I will give you an example. I was reading for a client once. I kept smelling cigarette smoke. So I said to her, I'm like, are you a smoker? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, spirit says you have 37 days to quit smoking or you will die in the next 13 years. And she was like, what? And and that's exactly what they gave me. So like I said, when I connect with people, I don't know why they're there. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them. I just get what I give from spirit. I just be an open channel for that. So only if it's appropriate, do they just randomly give me that information. So I hope that was helpful. Do you have a question about the afterlife, the occult, or are you experiencing things regarding the paranormal? Call Rachel today at 204-417-4569. That's 204-417-GLOW. Hi, I'm really enjoying your show, and you've opened up uh, an area of my life that I'm getting interested in, and that is witchcraft. Um, I'm looking to hear more about it. Can you give me any information uh, that you might have on the witch trials. I'd like to go all the way back to the beginning. Thanks. I really love your show, Rachel. Aw, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, I hope I don't get emotional. This is so emotional for me. Okay, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> and I hope I don't go on and on about it, but I'll I'll see what I can do here. Basically, the witch trials started in the late 1400s, in the early 1500s in Europe. It's when the Catholic Church or the Christian Church uh, started to take more of a predominant stand in politics, in the people that were, were running the countries. They started switching their beliefs, and so they started switching over all the nations from being pagans into Catholicism or, or Christianity. So the difference between paganism and Catholicism and Christianity is that pagans are polytheists. So what polytheism is, is that they believe in multiple gods or goddesses, okay? So they believe in the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And these were people that worked so intimately with the land. They revolved their lives around the seasons, around the time of year, the moon cycles, the time of day, they found that sacred energy that was happening in nature around them, and they kind of operated their lives from that place, okay? In Catholicism or Christianity, 
they are monotheists. And what that means is that they believe in one supreme God, okay? So there's not multiple gods, they only believe in one. And one problem that occurred was that the God that they believed in was masculine. So in Catholicism, Christianity, you know, there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, divine masculine, divine masculine, divine masculine. And so the pagans kind of freaked out a little bit because they're like, where is the divine feminine? Where is the matriarch, right? So during this process, it was a holocaust of women. And so they used fear to control the masses of the pagans. They enmeshed holidays and celebrations. That's why Easter is a very significant pagan holiday. And that's why there's no specific day for Easter each year. It's actually depicted based on the moon cycles. So there's a couple things littered throughout the year that have to do with paganism that are intertwined with Christianity to make the pagans convert. And the problem that they had was the power that was given to the divine feminine. So a lot of the women that were depicted as witches in these villages or towns, they were the healers of the community. So they held the the dying in their arms, they healed the sick, they birthed the babies. They had a ton of knowledge about herbalism and plant-based knowledge, this sort of thing. And so they were the healers and the priests in the community did not like that these women were getting all the praise from the villagers because they felt that that praise was owed to God. So they started making changes. Um, one of the changes was is that you weren't allowed to practice medicine unless you went to university or study. And another law that they passed was that you weren't allowed to go to university or study unless you were a man. So they wanted to eliminate these women having this power. What they did was they wanted to start eradicating these people that weren't converting, okay, that were practicing the old ways, the ancient ways. And they did that through torture and murder and fear. So what a lot of people don't realize, and this is why I get so emotional about it, is the witch trials is actually a holocaust of women. So it occurred from, like I said, the late 1400s into the 1700s. And during that time, they don't have the exact numbers, but some people say that there is as many people murdered during that time or women murdered during that time as the Jewish holocaust. And nobody talks about it. There are no graves for these women. They're not honored in any way. And what they did was they made this book, and I can't remember the name. It starts with an M. It's like the Manifestus, Manifestios or something like this. And it was this detailed book of how to figure out if somebody was a witch. They distributed it across Europe so that the different townships could learn about who the witches were in their community and how to deal with them. And basically, it was to torture them to confess. And that's where you get the term the third degree from. So there was three different degrees of torture. During the first degree, some people confessed. The second degree, everyone confessed. And if you were still hanging in there by the third degree, you were going to die. So that's where you get the term the third degree from. What they did with these women, so if you were accused of being a witch, and anybody could be accused of being a witch. If you were old and you had property, you were a witch. If you were young and too beautiful, you were a witch. If somebody dreamt about you, you were a witch. If a man looked at you too long, you must have lustrous powers, so you were a witch. They would take this woman. So for example, if I was accused of witchcraft, someone would come and take me they would put me in a cell and they would strip me of all my clothing in case I had like a spell woven in my dress. And then they would shave off all the hair of my body. So the hair on my head, my pubic hair, 
They felt that hair had power, and so they didn't want those women to have any power. Then you would be marched through the town with people throwing stuff at you, mud, dung, food, whatever, and you'd be marched backwards so that you couldn't give anybody the evil eye. And then you would stand in front of a judge and in front of, I guess, a jury, and you would be tortured or basically murdered until you were ready to confess. And the things that they did to torture these women were were brutal, were brutal. You know, they would insert, I think they call it the pear mouth, which is like this metal contraption that goes inside your vagina, and they just expanded and expanded until you split in two. <laughs> or they would put you inside this metal casing and pour boiling water in until you confess. So just some of the things were absolutely horrific. And the witch trials were actually a very profitable business. And that's why they continued to do them. Because what happened was the guy that came to get me to throw me in a cell, he had to be paid. And the guy, the judge or the the jury that tried me, they had to be paid. And then even the guy that kept all the records and the accounts, he had to be paid, right? So if I had any property or any value or anything like this, it would any money, it would be taken from me immediately to basically pay for my own execution. Because of this, there were so many women murdered that we lost all the knowledge of that plant-based medicine, all that magic that exists in nature. It was a very profitable business. So it was a very vulnerable time for you to be a woman because if you were old and your husband died and you had the estate, you know, you would be targeted as a person that they would want to obtain that from. So it's a very dangerous thing. Children, you know, children were orphaned. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrific. And that's really why in our culture, the word witch has a negative connotation. So for people that are trying to be witches now, often, even myself included, really struggled, really struggled to identify themselves as a witch because it's always perceived as something negative. If you look at movies, if you look at children's storybooks, there's hundreds of years of taking power away from women and depicting a woman that has her own power as someone that's bad. So to me, a witch in today's day and age is a woman that has explored her light and has explored all of her darkness and has self-love and empowerment to shape and shift her life at any time to what she desires it to be. So the first thing you need to do if you're on this path of witchcraft is to is to really focus on your own empowerment. I hope that I've kind of, I know I've kind of rambled on here. I hope that I've kind of given you a little bit of information for it. To any of my listeners out there that are interested in this topic, there is a brilliant, brilliant documentary on YouTube. It's called The Burning Times. It's about an hour. And if you are out there and you are dabbling in witchcraft or interested in it or having a hard time, you know, telling people around you about it, please watch that documentary. And that is why I am so adamant at like telling people I'm a witch. Literally, I'm a witch for a living. That's my job. You don't want to tell people that at the PTA. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not a good thing. But um, I'm so adamant on just speaking freely about it because I feel like it's the only way to sort of right that wrong in our culture is to make it a normal thing again for a woman to be empowered and be comfortable with, with that power. Lovelies, our time is up. I must go. 
But again, like I mentioned, I have Lisa Scrivens coming down, one of Canada's top mediums. I am dying to ask her a whole bunch of questions. So think about it. Two mediums walk into a podcast. What do they talk about? Tune in to find out. Or you can call our free message line at 204-417-4569 for any questions you may have for Lisa uh, or for myself. And again, that number is 204-417-GLOW. Please rate and review this show. That's how I keep making it because you're rating and reviewing it. If you're looking for any of my contact information, you can go into the pod script below or visit my website at risingmoon.ca. Thanks for listening. Subscribe now to this podcast and check out other podcasts from Safety Net Studio by visiting the website, safetynetstudio.com. Video content for Safety Net Studio is produced by Layer Video Imagery. Get your business an extra layer for promotional videos on social media, creative music videos for artists, or art projects. Contact Layer Video Imagery. Go to layervideoimagery.com or visit her on Instagram at Layer Vid Imagery. Add an extra layer to your business with Layer Video Imagery.